0: You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdTonowmedia.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's now time for our main event. Take a trip back in time to the golden era of the wrestling world with your host, Chris Tetralt-Blay. welcome to Once Upon a Turnbuckle.
1: Okay, so welcome to a, another episode of Once Upon a Turnbuckle. And after the resounding success of my last couple of episodes where I've had special guests on, uh, Thomas James Sky, and of course Duke the Dumpster Josie, I'm thrilled to announce another guest is coming to join me. And this guy, I can't wait to really delve into the things he's done because sort of looking at... Uh, We'll talk about it anyway, but he's done some some remarkable things. He's got in ring in ring experience of a different kind behind the microphone. So, I'd like to welcome to the show voiceover artist and of course wrestling ring announcer Brad Storm. Hello, sir.
0: Hey, man. When it rains, it pours, baby.
1: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, yeah. well, I begin. I, I don't. Th- I've not announced sort of this. I've not released. Really, um, told people sort of how how you came about being on this show but um crazy crazy really yeah people yeah people probably if they don't know or they don't think they know you if they listen to this podcast they do already know you because you were actually the first person to be heard on this podcast that's right (laughs) that's right man ladies and gentlemen brad is the uh the ring announcer in the intro to the show so um so personally i just want to say thank you so much for that as well it's it's an amazing. I couldn't have asked for anything better really, you know, to kick. I
0: this appreciate off. that. I appreciate that. You know, uh, you know, Fiverr is I'm starting to move up, move up the ladder in Fiverr and uh, it's, you know, it's been a challenge, but it's also a, a good feeling when you can meet people and connect with people uh, that you can provide work for and they really appreciate what you do. So Absolutely. that's yeah. always good,
1: man. Just, just out of interest, sort of, do you, I mean, I, I obviously came to you and I had something fairly specific, you know, that I wanted to fit in with this podcast. Do you get a lot of requests like that or do you get to do a lot of different stuff with what you do?
0: Um, I just had a request for, uh, try to do an impersonation of Roman Reigns. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, for a birthday greeting <laughs> and uh, to dub it on a video of Roman Reigns. Fantastic. So, you know, I did it and uh, I gave the guy a couple of copies and I'm not saying it was perfect, um, but, um, uh, got the job done. He was happy Excellent. with it. So brilliant. I just try to take care of my clients, man. Absolutely, That's
1: what it's about. No. And that's, I mean, you just, I mean, anyone that listens to the podcast, you know, I I had, I wouldn't say a fairly specific, um, idea. I, I knew what I was going for, but I, until I heard it sort of, you know, the the final product that you gave me, I didn't realize how, how great it would sound, how weird it is hearing my voice. You know, I, as a wrestling fan, I did, dream of being in the ring one day and having someone like yourself announce me sort of on my way so it's yeah. you know from well, that how, perspective it's... how come that never happened man me oh oh i could dedicate a whole show to that probably but no no <laughs> you i should you...
0: upcoming <laughs> episode
1: man <laughs> no it's just where i'm over in the uk especially where i'm from sort of down the south and that there wasn't really if wrestling wasn't a big thing when i was growing up there wasn't really any outlets to um to explore to get to get started to get trained it wasn 't till yeah, probably I was at university, and it was like you know I was nineteen twenty years old, and by that point i'd convinced myself it was too late anyway, so <laughs> but anyway well
0: here you know, well you know on the flip side of that, you know, I lived in Georgia, I pretty much grew up in Georgia from the time like nineteen eighty eight and on cool and uh,
1: Pro wrestling was huge, yeah, of course, in was. Georgia. It's the, the home of um, uh, the home of the NWA, really, ran that part. Oh well, yeah,
0: the home so. of the NWA, yeah. and there's a home of uh, hundreds and hundreds of promotions back in the uh, '80s and '90s. Hmm. And um, I didn't even know they existed, to be honest. Cause my my mom and dad, my family, they weren't really into pro wrestling. They didn't they didn't get it, you know. Right. And as a kid. I would would always watch it, and it always amazed me, like watching WrestleMania 1 on cable TV uh, for the first time and, you know, uh, just uh, watching it on Saturday night's main event. You know, we would just stop what we were doing and just tune into the matches, and I just had a great time. I used to wrestle my pillows,
1: uh, (laughs) you know,
0: up in the the bonus room or the bedroom, and
1: I I always wanted to be a wrestler, but I didn't... that was going to be my first question, actually. Yeah. So, so you had dreams of being in the ring or was it always the announcement? I part? did.
0: I did. And, uh, uh, you know, this is a story. I'll take you back. Mm. I had no clue what was going on. I was in college at the time, uh, going to the University of Georgia. Go dogs! Cool. And um, I really didn't know. I was having a good time in school. But then I, yeah, I was at a bowling alley in my, uh, where I used to live. Mm. And I, I bumped into this guy. He had a Starcade shirt on. And uh, I said, Starcade, awesome, man. I, I love Starcade. I love WCW. It's awesome. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, man, that's cool. I said, I've always wanted to be, you know, do wrestling or be a ring announcer or just do anything. I didn't care. Yeah. And he's like, There's wrestling all around you, my friend. <laughs> but he kind of said it like this. was like, Hey, there's there's wrestling all around you. <laughs> you dummy. And he's like, Hey, he's like, Do you want to go with me? I said, Hell yeah. I was 19 years old. Wow. And um, needless to say, this guy turned into my mentor and he, he kind of guided me in the right direction. He took me to tons and tons of shows. I just saw Matt Hardy get concussed at AEW this past weekend. And um, I, I, you know, I was around when he first started, wow. him and his brother, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, and the amazing thing is I've learned a lot of lessons uh, throughout my, my pro wrestling ring announcing career. And there are lessons that I would like to tell people uh, more of warnings of what you need to do to succeed because yeah, I did a lot of great things, but I didn't make it to where I wanted to make it hmm. because there was things that I had to learn, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's a grind and you've yeah. got to be willing to pave your way on the road. You've got to be able to travel. If you want to be a wrestler, if you want to be anything in wrestling, period. Mm. You got to be able to get in your car and get the hell out of Dodge and go wherever you need to go to succeed. Yeah. And, you know, it's, not complain not, about it.
1: Not one story I've heard from, or read from anyone in the industry has ever said, yeah, this is really easy to get into. Anyone can do it. You know, it, yeah. it, it, does, it does strike that it really need, Well, you need to be a certain breed, I think, to... Yeah.
0: Uh, well, back in the 90s, you had to get somebody to get you in. Mm. You know, you, were, you weren't just gonna come up and go, you know, nowadays everybody thinks they can just walk up and go, hey, you know, I'm gonna be the best. I'm gonna wear the belt in your promotion. Yeah. Yep, that's me. No, <laughs> it's still not that way. No. But back then it was even more difficult.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Cause yeah, you needed somebody, you need to know there was a wrestling handshake. They don't do that much anymore. Um, but you have to do, you have to know this handshake. Wow. And they, Or if you shook your other hand, the, you know, normal way, they'd be like, who the hell is this guy?
1: It's almost like an initiation, was it, just to see if you yeah. actually yeah, okay. yeah. So how but, did you know, I, uh, I how how sorry, to cut you off. How did um yeah. from you aspiring to get into the wrestling world and that? How how did it start? How did you break in? Um, you well, know, like what, I said, yeah, my
0: mentor kind of got me going. Um, I did try wrestling for a little bit, but then um. I was doing a what is it, a shooting star press off the top rope one t- one day, wow! And, and uh, I almost broke my neck. I cracked my ribs. I I, I could have been paralyzed. Oh, and so, so. I was just like, I was i I'm five foot eight.
1: Right.
0: And back then it was the monsters of the midway, pretty much. You know, yeah. you had tugboat and typhoon and uh, one man gang, and yeah. you know you are the muscle bound dudes like Ultimate Warrior yeah. and the Hulkster and Lex Luger. So, I was just like, I. I I got to find another way. And uh, since I went to school for uh, journalism and communications, uh, I figured uh, ring announcing would be that way. Cool. And yeah. uh, like I said, my, uh, my mentor, may you rest in peace. He just passed away in uh, oh. June. Um, oh, his name was straight call star Stevens. He was a referee okay. and uh, we traveled everywhere and uh, I learned the ropes, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, that's how I got my start. And okay. one thing though, I thought I was hot. Can like, I swear in the show? But <laughs> I thought I was hot shit back in the day. Yeah, totally. you know, I really did because yeah. I thought, you know, I was like, uh, you know, I was pretty, I was well, you know, I was in shape, and you know, I, I thought I had everything going. Yeah. Um. But I had a lot of people humble me. I had a big mouth. I used to, I used to run a show like between the ropes. Right. It was yeah. a college radio show, wrestling mm-hmm. show, and um, I'd go to this bar in Georgia. And we, there was a ring outside. It was covered up. And we'd always have the guys, WCW guys would all come over there to watch the matches. Right. And uh, one of the bouncers over there was talking about a certain wrestler getting a fight with another certain wrestler. I'll just keep it at that. But um, I, I talked about it on my wrestling show. Hmm. And um, needless to say, I was working at WCW at the time as an intern. This yeah. guy was looking for me and I was not
1: there that day. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) That's what you need. That's um, I I, when I read more into your um your background, I think that to me was, one of the things that really, jumped out is that you worked for WCW or you you interned with WCW. Um, Yeah. So what what did that involve? You know, because this is you know you're looking at the the guys on the screen, but I'm really really interested in learning more about what went on behind. So from (laughs) someone who's been there. So.
0: It, you think you'd be interested in it, but it was it was pretty much uh, it was pretty disappointing to me. Uh, there was other opportunities I had to work over at uh, news stations uh, that I wish I would have taken at the time. Um, when I got in there, they didn't give they didn't give a damn okay. that I was a ring announcer. They didn't give a damn that I was, you know, trying to pave my way and, and pay my dues. And I thought I was in the right place and maybe I'd hook up with whoever was ring announcing at the time. I can't remember, but, and uh, get mentored, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, they didn't want to have none. They didn't, they didn't want none of it. Right. And uh, you, I got you know, like- to talk to Booker T. I talked to the guy from Wonder Years was a big wrestling fan, the older brother for uh, Fred Savage's older brother. Okay. And he would come up there and I would talk to him for a couple of hours every now and then. And um, I would talk to the wrestlers on the phone when I was delivering them packages, but my boss, man, she was real pain in the ass. <laughs> and she didn't want me doing anything. Uh, well, interacting with the wrestlers. I, cause I was just a lowly intern, but I was just yeah. like, I mean, why wouldn't you want somebody to be excited about their job? Yeah. I'm not get, I wasn't getting paid. No. You know, and I would have done anything for them.
1: What was the, what was the aim behind you being there? Did they have a particular like, position they were looking at sort of, putting you yeah. in eventually or um there was
0: I, when when that certain wrestler um it's like this he goes by the stuff you guys can figure that oh, one out yeah, by yourself yeah. um right. no problem with the guy but uh yeah i guess i pissed him off but uh right. i i was like oh you know, i was in a one-on-one meeting with uh eric bischoff sitting down there and that's not the meeting i really wanted to be in. i wanted to be in a meeting where he's like hey man we're gonna keep you around mm. um but I completed my, my uh, hours of my, for my internship with University of Georgia. But I did a lot of like I, I had to put together like title reigns from like back in the you know, 70s all the way to the current time. It was 98 at the time. And uh, I was a mailman pretty much. I would deliver the mail. I do all the grunt work, you know, which yeah. I, didn't, I didn't care. You know, it was no yeah. big deal. Yeah. But I just thought it was going to lead to something else. And me being active in the indie circuit, I thought they'd care. And they just didn't. No. Nice. And it was disappointing. So when I walked out, walked out of the door um, back in, it was probably November or December of 98. And that was the last time I saw that. Yes. But I still talked to a lot of the WCW guys because I used, like I said, I used to go to that, I used to work at the bar and do yeah. the ring announcing for uh, the wrestling they had at the bar. And all the guys would come up there and I'd see, I'd see a lot of them.
1: Cool. Who uh, can you name drop sort of any that you? Uh... Oh,
0: Billy Kidman used to come up there. Okay. What was it, Mortis? Morris yeah, yeah. used to come up there. Yeah. Um, what was the guy? I think his name was Rose or something like that. I forget. Mark Jindrak. I used to know Mark Jindrak. Nice. I used to hang out with him all the time. Cool. Um, nice guy. wasn't yeah. I haven't I haven't talked to him in years, but uh, a real nice guy. It's um, a shame,
1: really, ran that time uh, that time frame like '98 because WCW was really. I mean, they were. Oh yeah, it was it huge. still. I mean, they, they were probably starting to lose a little traction, sort of near the end well, of that time. But they were still I think, the big, the big ones, really.
0: I was there right when like Goldberg was just kicking ass and DDP. Yeah. And I went to a couple of commercial shoots. and I think this is the best thing that happened through my internship. I got to sit in on these uh, commercial shoots and I, you know, I didn't necessarily talk to Goldberg, but I did sit down and hang out with DDP and we played uh, that. there was a, a super Nintendo game coming out for WCW Right. And he was doing the commercial for it. And we sat down and played the game. And I kicked his ass in the game. But, um, <laughs> awesome. you know, I, but he, you know I, I thought he was a really cool guy. And, you know, it was really a nice when you, when you see these guys, and you, like, especially when I was a kid. And I looked up to a lot of these guys. And then I see them in reality. Yeah. A lot of the times I was, I was disappointed.
1: um yeah they say they meet your heroes don't they a lot of the time but uh well because a
0: lot of them were on the decline when i was getting into it they were getting older and you know some of them were just hooked on drugs and it was just like uh just disappointing yeah disappointing you
1: you don't need to you would rather just remember them for what they're like on screen i think
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: and at least yeah. out of that, um, you had a sit-down meet with Aaron Bishop. What was, that, what was that like? Except for the fact, that the nature of why you were in there. What was it, well, what
0: was it? Oh, he was, he was pretty calm. And, you know, I was just a pipsqueak, you know. I just, yeah, I was nothing to him, right? I mean, I, I, I didn't expect him to think any other way. So, you know, he just sat me down. He's like, your hours are complete. He didn't say nothing about anything that went on earlier. But I figured right. that was the reason why. Right. But he said, hey, it's, it's your time to go. You know, it. That's, that's it. Funny.
1: I maybe there's one thing that you can hold over Steve Austin. There is you got a meeting with him for him to tell you that that was you know, rather than do it by FedEx or whatever it was. Yeah, got-
0: yeah. Well, I was his office was like right across from mine. It was just, okay. It was, it was not a big deal, you know. <laughs> I, you know, when I first got into wrestling, when I was like 19, 20, I was in awe of a lot of these guys. Mm. Um, but as I started working there, you know, everybody, like they uh, we did an interview yesterday on my podcast. It's like everybody puts their pants on the same way.
1: Yeah, you know?
0: true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so. Yeah. It, no, cool. It, it was a learning experience. And, um, hey, I'll never forget it.
1: No, quite. You know, you were in probably in the wrestling world, one of the hottest places to be, you know, to, for, for any experience, I think you can it, get. In yeah. That from my point of view is, is amazing. The
0: reality of it, too, is they went under so I probably yeah. lost my job down the road anyway
1: exactly yes yeah, the silver lining silver lining so what happened after them what so sort of what what laid ahead with you you know immediately after or what did that lead to when you sort of left the WCW bit
0: well I, I graduated from college and uh my my between the ropes show ended <clears throat> so I just continue to uh you know get on the road and and worked for all these different promotions. Uh, One of them was the International Wrestling Union. Uh, This was run by Don the Moose Lewis, and um, it was back, it was in Georgia. And, you know, he had endless pockets, so he would get all these big time guys to show up to these events. Mm. But the bummer thing was, man, I I, I would be be calling um, play-by-play with a guy named Todd Wimbledon. And Todd was, you know, he was working at a radio station at the time over in uh, Georgia, yeah. and he was really good. And I was, just trying, I was just trying to get, you know, figure out what the hell I was doing, yeah. but play-by-play wise, you know, because yeah. you really didn't have anywhere to practice that outside of muting your TV yeah. and, uh, you know, calling the, the matches that way. Yeah. Um, and so we were doing we, – we did we – had, we had some good chemistry, but there was no fans it was like everywhere, you know, like the, you'd try to promote these things, we we would go to bars and try to promote the wrestling. Yeah. But still, man, they'd be like 15 people and they just <laughs> lost his ass on that. <laughs> um, and you know, and, and when you start out, if you're interested in starting out in wrestling or uh, doing anything in wrestling, mm-hmm. you're probably going to run into that. Yeah, you are. And you know, and, and even now, and If I was, and this is a big thing to me too, that really fires me up. People doing this wrestling for free or people doing uh, ring announcing for free. Yeah. Yeah. You know, especially if you've, you know, fine-tuned your craft. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a slap in the face to everybody that wants to get paid. Yeah. You know, if you went to, you know, there's so many schools nowadays, you can get professionally trained. Mm -hmm. You just got to watch out for the ones that are going to rob you blind.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know,
0: the ones that are actually going to train you. Yeah.
1: You probably gauge what your experience is going to be based on that, really, don't you?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's, it's you're, not, you're not going to get rich off of it when you first... You're not going to get rich on the indie scene unless you come from up top and you come back down. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get rich probably that way either, but you're going to make some money.
1: What I've, um, I've, what I've always always thought of the indie zone, not that I I didn't... Absorb as much of it as I probably could have done, and I know it's a lot more accessible now. But the it's like the the raw passion is still there from the from everyone, from the announcers, the wrestlers, the fans. the I feel it's a lot more a lot more loyalty to the to the indie scene, and it's, it's it feels a lot more real than if you watch the big, you know yeah. WWE. I mean, I am not a massive fan of what's going on at the minute. I'm more I'm rooted in in what is you know what I grew up with, because that to me is is what was a hell of a lot. Well, even in
0: AEW, watching that, like my buddy had the pay-per-view and I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And I don't don't really know a lot of the wrestlers that are in AEW or WWE at the moment, but... I was just like, they're fighting in a dentist office? What the what the yeah. hell was this?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I don't I, get I've, it. I've got a website I go to that I keep up with the, you know, I get the results and that what's going yeah. on. And so it's a bit eye-rolling, a lot of this. I know that they're having to do the best they can without fans and everything, but I feel they've yeah. strayed so far from the product. Which, I mean, WWE, I think they class themselves as entertainment anyway, so let them do their own thing. But it's... it's but-
0: it's going more cinematic you know yeah. it's like even with wrestlemania i had i could i could sign up for the wwe network for free so i did <laughs> that and my daughter and i were watching it <laughs> and i thought there was going to be a match i think john cena and there was no, i forget what the other guy's name was but um i'm waiting for this match to happen and it's like freddy krueger <laughs> kind of stuff yeah and i'm like where the hell did the match and it, it was over i'm like what the hell there's no match
1: nah. Yeah, it's, um, it's they're they're doing what they. I think they've been given almost like a blank canvas to to have a go with. They had to change some stuff up to kind of survive, I suppose. Yeah, because without
0: fans. fans, wrestling is kind of weak. Yeah, yeah. You don't know. You don't know if even you. You don't know if you're good or not as a wrestler because you're not getting any pops or you're getting booed or you don't know who the hell's good or not anymore. That's it.
1: That's it.
0: You know so. Yeah.
1: Going back to just it's jumping, difficult. just jumping out of your career. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump around here a little bit. Sort of That's as we fine. Go, but jumping out of your career side and back to when you, when you're a wrestling fan and you used to go see it live and that. Is there any memorable events, any matches that you see that really sort of stuck with you from back then? Oh,
0: I remember going to see WCW at the Omni oh, and going to see Doom, oh, Ron yeah. Simmons and Butch Reed yeah, yeah. versus the Steiner Brothers. There you go. The, uh, what was it, Lex Luger and Ric Flair go toe to toe. I even saw Andre the Giant back uh, when WWE was rolling through uh, okay. the Omni and uh, Coco Beware. <laughs> I used to love Coco Beware and his Brainbuster.
1: Who doesn't? Um, that was that was like yeah. the, the ideal time. I'm guessing that was like late late 80s, 90s yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 88,
0: and yeah. then like I uh, went to WCW. It was around 92, 93. Yeah. Um, you know, when they had a uh, Sunday night, uh, Sunday afternoon, rest, well, it was like Sunday evening on TBS, they would uh, do have the matches. I, and somebody posted recently about Ron Simmons being the first uh, African-American heavyweight champion.
1: I saw that. That was awesome. Wow. Did you? That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's one of the, uh... they didn't, they didn't televise that, did they? Yeah, no, it was televised. I, was I think there. it was. I think okay. it was because
0: I, I didn't see it live. I saw it on TV. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I, it was cool. I, I thought that was really cool, and I, wrestling I, was great. Wolfpack, all that stuff was great. In the, yeah. when I was in college, yeah. Um, but then the UFC came along.
1: Oh, Fedus. Yeah, I I didn't get a lot of that over here. Um, either I missed it or it just wasn't accessible. I I really liked the idea of UFC back in. I think I was first uh, made aware of it when ken shamrock first went into the wwf in 97 yeah really had no idea but then you know i uh, I, I saw that some of these guys cross over over the years from ufc and and like then sort of back and forth between that and wrestling and uh yeah yeah I, I, mma was something that i really i tried to get into um i watched some great again not sort of indie stuff but not the, not the ufc i can't think what the what the promotion was now but
0: there's tons of them. Yeah, was, you know, it was it's fantastic. You will be it's, forgiven. It's
1: it's, <laughs> was... it's 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 unpredictable because you can yeah. get a, you can get a match like boxing, you can get a match that lasts like two minutes that's been you know hyped up for months. Whereas with wrestling, you know you're getting a three hour, you know three hour tour. Week. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> exactly. well, going
0: back to wrestling though, before I forget, and I think this was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was interning at WCW, I got to go to the Power Plant.
1: Oh, right. And
0: um, awesome. yeah, yeah, I got to go to the Power Plant. I forget what the hell I was there for, but I was there and they had a bunch of guys. I think it was like 15, 20 guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> first things first, right? Okay, everybody, you're going to do a thousand squats. I was like, holy piss.
1: Jeez. A
0: thousand squats. Rather than so the guys, place. like these big guys, I thought, oh, I'm going to be the next wrestler. Yeah. they do it. 125, 100. They're all falling out, right? Yeah and right after that they get thrown in the squared circle and then they it's amateur wrestling time and there's no weight classes so you could have a little skippy over here taking (laughs) on the beast you know so and some of these guys would surprise you and they would do that for a while and uh then they went outside and they had to do wheelbarrows they had to like guy would jump on your back you'd have to carry him back and forth i mean it was it was pretty serious stuff yeah and uh for for you know for good reasons because you had
1: to people just yeah. think when when you when you're training to be a wrestler you're just in the ring you're learning moves you're learning it's how to a dance. fall yeah yeah. It's, yeah
0: it's more than a dance and back in the night, a lot of guys would shoot on each other man a lot of guys, yeah. lot of guys like in the indie scene had a lot of heat with each other hmm. and uh you know some guys you thought they had heat that cops were called on them and everything they took the fight outside but hey they were <laughs> they made you believe it was yeah. like, damn, these people were going nuts. Um, and then, you know, a lot of guys got their tires popped on the way out and they couldn't, uh, you know, go home. <laughs> I, I said, touche, you did a good job today, man, because people are pissed at you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's when you really know, I think you've done your job to be fair. Yeah. I, I said that on, on, the, on the other side, I, uh, I, I'm a horror author and I've had people come to me after reading my books and like, you know, you know, I had to, I had to read that one with the light on. So it's really cliche, but you're like, Hey, cool. You know, that's my job done. I scared you. So it's great. Yeah. You know, so, uh, um, you're sort of in, in ring, ring announcing sort of career. So, um, are you, are you still actively doing that or do you, do you... I haven't
0: been active for the last two, two years. Okay. Um, uh, just because, uh, I think, pretty highly of myself these days mm-hmm. and i'm not like conceited highly mm-hmm. but i think i you know you got to believe in what you're worth yeah and i don't think the, i don't think a lot of places can pay me what i'm worth okay That's um and uh there's been a lot of disappointment i've been around a lot of organizations mm-hmm. and i've seen pe- you know people have told me things were going to happen this way and that way and even in, in mma because i did i ring announced in an mma as well and it was just like, I'd go travel somewhere to do interviews. And then the promoter didn't know what the hell was going on. There was a gun pulled out at one MMA event. And, uh, cause the guy that brought me in, I guess they got in some kind of fight and then I didn't even get paid. Uh-huh. So he's like, Oh, so here's some gas money, pal. I'm like, oh, nice. screw you, bud, man. <laughs> I mean. What the hell? I bought it. this nice new tux and yeah, right. And then I had, a, I, had a, I had a sweet gig. I live in South Carolina now, but I had a sweet gig over here and uh, I was getting paid pretty good. And, but the, like the guy was like, ah, I'm sick of babysitting these fighters because they always had to make sure they had their medicals cleared and everything else. Right. Um, but with wrestling, man, I, you know, I'm 44. I'm not, you know, as a ring announcer, you're lucky if you can get 50 bucks nowadays yeah. to do a show. Yeah. And um, if you're doing indie, if you're you know doing the indie scene, yeah. and if you're traveling, you, I want to get compensated for my travel too because I don't want to travel like two hours away and get fifty bucks. Quite.
1: No, no, no. You no, know? No. Yeah. No, you and, know,
0: when I was younger, I love you know I didn't I didn't have to make a ton of money, but I always made money. Yeah. I always made money. Yeah. And when I tried to go back in my thirties, my thir- I was like thirty-two. I got back in the scene. I was like, I was scratching my head because I was like, damn. Nobody wants to pay you anymore. What's hell's it's, going
1: on here? It's, I, I don't know if it's... Uh, I, the people within the industry obviously would appreciate the work that goes into it. But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it from my point of view is all directed at the people in the ring. You know, as long as they're getting paid for what they're doing, they're the ones that people come to see. But there's so many more people that you i mean you see in the ring the announcers never know yeah. but everyone else as well that deserves to be paid for what they're doing you know it's, you don't it's,
0: understand yeah you, you got to understand that um a good ring announcer helps the promoter mm. um, move the show along
1: yeah yeah so
0: like the promoter's got a shit ton to, to think about mm. and uh you know when you're back there in the back i'm you know back, back in the 90s you didn't have Facebook to go reach out to these wrestlers right. to see how much they weighed, see where they're from, and see what the hell, they were you know, what they wanted to be called. And you didn't have any of that. So you're back there, you know, make, taking notes. And you're like, oh, shit, trying to get everybody, you know, together. Yeah. And sometimes there'd be injuries in the ring. Sometimes the ring would collapse. Wow. I mean, we had um, turnbuckles explode. And I'm, the, I'm, I'm responsible for keeping the, you know, people entertained so they don't leave. Yeah. So there you go. You know, that's like, you know, that's what a good ring announcer does.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Were, are there any, um, but even before you got into it, were there any ring announcers or play-by-play announcers that you really aspired to be like, or that, in, that inspired I like you? <laughs> I like Tony
0: Schiavone. I like Tony Schiavone. I like Gordon Solie, of course, yeah. the master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The ma- and I and Gene Orkerlin. I mean, I was big into WWE. Uh, that was the first, that's WWF at the time. Yeah. That, was, that was my first interaction with wrestling. Yeah. And, you know, in Georgia, bro, this was cool as hell. Yeah. Back in the 80s, they had Saturday night, main of. It was like Saturday night wrestling, right? Yeah. Eight hours of wrestling on TV. It was eight
1: that. hours. Cannot beat that.
0: And it was like, okay, you had the WCWs, you had the WWEs, but you had like, um, you know, Memphis wrestling, and then you had NWA. And you had all these different yeah. ones you never even heard of. Yeah. And you, I, I would just sit there in front of the TV And watch it all every Saturday night. Um, It was Joe (laughs) Petticino and Bonnie Blackstone. Look them up.
1: Okay. Well, I think I've heard one of these names before, actually. The first one. I'm I'm not going to attempt to. uh, Yeah, Joe Petticino. He was around the
0: wrestling scene, especially in Georgia. uh, Because they had Georgia Championship wrestling as well back in the day. I think Tony Atlas was over there and everything. I've watched. Um, Is that
1: where I might be getting my history mixed up here? Yeah. In Georgia, did you have it was, it was Jake Roberts and the Road Warriors as the Legion of Doom with Paul Ellery. Oh uh, yeah, Jake there. Jake
0: Roberts was over there. Yeah, yeah. Jake Roberts is from Georgia.
1: He's, he's one of my, I think, sort of in the in in the later years, I've really uh, I've really looked to the talkers in wrestling, so the announcers or, or the, yeah. the guys that do the best promos and Jake Roberts. Yeah, he was, really he was for, great at
0: the mind games. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he was, you know,
0: he wasn't like the frigate. he wasn't all jacked up on the juice. Nah. No. He was just he was just methodical and he did he had the mind games going, had the snake and people were scared, you know, crapless of the snake too for yeah. real.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. You and know, it, he was it, so he was so cold with it. He was so yeah.
0: calm. Him he and was, Ravishing Rick Rue, they would have yeah. uh, they had some good battles back yeah. in the day. And I think Jake even battled uh, Ricky the Dragon. I think he yes. uh, they had some good good battles back in the day as well. Yeah, I mean, and I think I... WrestleMania four. That was my favorite because they had that tournament. Yep, that tournament was awesome to me. That was yep. the best thing I ever seen.
1: I love um, one of the episodes I've just done where I've discussed uh, my memories of nineteen ninety four. I've I said the King of the Ring was probably mm-hmm. one, one of my favorite concepts because I love tournaments like one night tournaments or the title ones. Yeah, or King of the Ring. I think I don't know because even though if you kind of squint, you can probably predict the winner, it's still exciting because yeah. there's still some surprises yeah. in there. And uh, yeah,
0: nowadays it's because of social media and everybody's on like Raja wrestling and everybody else, they're yeah. all like, uh, you know, already telling you, oh, I know who's going to win. And yeah. it just kind of, it kind of sucks the wind out of everything yeah. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. regards to wrestling.
1: I'm so pleased that social media wasn't around in the late eighties, early nineties, <laughs> yeah. because I think, yeah, like you say, the buzz wouldn't have been there. One of my, one of my most favorite um, events, you know, being a Brit as well was SummerSlam 92. When they okay, came over yeah. to to Wembley and that, and I think had the yeah. had any kind of cover been blown that you know the bulldog was going to win that night, it yeah. wouldn't have been quite as magical as it was. You know,
0: I love the British bulldog. He was yeah. uh, one of the best. Davey Boy Smith and
1: he was. They, they were both. Yeah. Uh,
0: they they don't the tag teams back in the day. I love demolition. Demolition yeah. was my favorite.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: Ax and smash.
1: I I I really um I hate when people. Um, treat him like a, like a rip-off of the Road Warriors. There was two, there I don't was so think many, so. Powers of Pain, Demolition, you know, they were great to yeah. the WWF, but they were always compared to Road Warriors. I really don't think, you know, yeah, there's similarities, but they were, they were different. I and, think they
0: had more uh, more longevity too in the WWE yeah. as, as opposed to the Road Warriors because yeah. uh, the Road Warrior, I think Hawk was having some issues back in the day and, mm. and they just didn't last. And, you know, I love the Steiner brothers too, man. They, they were like... Uh, Back in the '80s, that that was yeah. the best. They, they were probably
1: uh, uh, my yeah one of my favorite you know them and probably yeah the Hart Foundation. Yeah, I'm a big Bret Hart. Oh, Heart, Heart, Heart Foundation, Foundation but, yep. You know the Steiners. I loved watching that. I've, I don't think I've ever seen a match of theirs that I didn't enjoy. Um,
0: they were just so powerful. You know, Ole yeah. and Arnie Anderson. Uh, the enforcers, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I like guys like Dean Malenko. a yeah. uh, Man of a Thousand Holds. You know, all those guys that were actually good wrestlers. And yeah. uh, you know, I was a big fan of Chris Benoit. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. I same. I mean, yeah. People can talk about him any way they want at the moment because of what happened. You know, you can't. Oh, from that. But yeah, you can't I mean, take away from, again, so many of his matches. I could go back and watch again and again. Probably his earlier stuff, when he was him and Eddie Madden. Guerrero too. Man, they would have yeah. some battles yeah yeah you, you there, um, there wasn't you know you there was a group of wrestlers that could work with him that he could really bring the best out of, and yeah I mean him and you know Ray and chris jericho and um the list goes on and on he, does. he was he <laughs> was great you know and it's, it's a shame that he was a wolverine <laughs> there's, you know, there's yeah. so many so many of these that will not be replaced that unfortunately you know the guys around nowadays won't have them around in the locker room to learn from you know like yeah others did in the day but uh
0: it was a lot of hazing going on back in the 90s too i mean you talk about you have to know somebody and then a lot of times so there would be not so much with ringing me being an announcer but with the wrestlers Mm -hmm. there was some weird there's some weird initiation stuff that was going on in certain places so i was just like man I mean what's it going to take and some of these guys had to go through things and they still didn't really get any recognition so it's like it was
1: it was it worth it yeah 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 I'm sure they'll they'll take something from it but there's they start like when I was I was chatting to Duke Tracy you know he I I grew up watching him look like he was having a blast on there but then he sort of he he tells the the, the other side of the story sort of when he when he left and what happened to him afterwards and you know it's there probably are some out there that really not regret what they did, but you're know, glad to leave it behind. Sort of thing. Well,
0: you gotta. It's, hopefully, it's a lesson learned. Mm. And you know, when these guys have millions or thousands of people screaming their name or just screaming in general, you're there. You got all that excitement. Yeah. You're jacked up, and then it's gone yeah. because you you said, okay, if you don't want me, uh, get rid of me. Yeah. And you're like, damn, they called my bluff. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said that. You know. So <laughs> oh, that's I- why I say it's good to just keep your mouth shut and just yeah. listen and learn especially as a young uh, wrestler or ring announcer learn from the people that are that know where they're going because there, i had another example of a guy i was doing a show and this guy I didn't know him from uh, adam and he came up to me he's like hey you know you can take your mic and if you place it a certain way you'll have more uh, inflection And I was like, hey, you don't need to tell me what to do. I've been doing this for like five years now. You know, don't tell me what to do. Needless to say, the guy knew everybody in wrestling. And um, I had to eat some humble pie. And I was just like, I apologized to him that same day. And a matter of fact, now, you know, this was back in like 2001. So now I still talk to the guy and I still say, I really appreciate, you know, even though I didn't make it where I wanted to go, you taught me a valuable lesson. Yeah. and that lesson is to respect the people that have paved the way in front of you
1: yeah there you go. and um and that's learn and that's and that's the best way to be you know some people go out there and they they probably like your first instinct was then you know for shouldn't be telling me what to do or whatever but yeah, they, they in don't early just, 20s they don't learn from that they just carry on being like yeah that with yeah, tons of other people. And then they realize they either get to the top and then fall down because they've not really got anyone watching their back because they've been a complete asshole or it just right. all, it all falls apart because they haven't listened. Yeah.
0: yeah and you can, it doesn't matter how much, you know, mm. even today, I can learn something as a ring announcer. Yeah. There's always something I could learn.
1: Absolutely. And,
0: uh, if, yeah, cause you don't, if you stop learning, especially in wrestling, mm. you're just not going to make it and you could have the, the best physique, um, Especially now, you got to really be able to wrestle because there is no fans to, you know, uh, there's no fans. Nice. And so you got to be able to, you know, you know, may, hit your spots, make them look realistic. You know, the ebbs and flows, you know, Yeah. if you get a super kick, you don't just stand there. I remember uh, I, I saw that uh, was it Tales from the Ring with New Jack where the guy yeah. didn't sell
1: yes and he, yeah. he, he, if he you got pay for it
0: so. if, if there's somebody like new jack out there uh, don't piss him off <laughs> no. i remember i was backstage with new jack one time and i brought my, my girlfriend at the time and mm-hmm. she was pretty mm-hmm. and he's like new jack's like hey man I, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna go take your girlfriend man he's like i, I got your girlfriend and i was like hey man you can do whatever the hell you want <laughs> new jack I am not messing with you, but no,
1: no, true, no.
0: Yeah, I so said you can have her. I am like whatever,
1: <laughs> I don't care. And she was like, "What?" <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, Bob, final question before I will go. You know, just just quickly discuss other things yeah. you know, outside of wrestling. What would what do you? What would you prefer if you had the choice to go back? Would you do play by play outside the ring watching, or would you want to do the in ring? Sort of announcing.
0: I would like to call it play-by-play. I really enjoyed it. When I, um, uh, that place I was talking about with the ring, with the shade over it and everything, all the guys used to come up there. I knew the owner and he opened up a wrestling school in Georgia called WWA4. Okay. And, uh, a world wrestling alliance for i don't know what the four stands for <laughs> i don't care it's just like i i was there when it opened and like i think sarge was one of the uh trainers at the time okay. and elix skipper i believe yeah, from wcw okay. wow. um, he passed away i believe oh. um but he he was one of the trainers and total protection mr hughes big cat um, from WCW. Yeah. And I already knew uh, Total Protection because I would take him on the road. I had a Firebird at the time. All these guys, all these huge dudes would get in the car. And <laughs> I would take him around to all these shows. Um, and so I started, I started calling play by play with Total Protection uh-huh. at the school. And I, you know, I was kind of grandfathered into the school because since I knew the owner, I've done a lot of things with him. He just kind of grabbed me, he didn't charge me anything. Uh-huh. So I could always go up there. And, you know, uh, if I wanted to screw around the ring, I could, if I want, you know, I wanted to do play by play most of the time, but with total protection, he taught me a lot about, um, you know, pacing, uh, not switching gears. Like you don't want to be a heel when you're a baby face, uh, call matches. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you got to stay on track and you got to paint the picture. Yeah. You have to paint the picture and you don't always have to talk. You can let the action speak for itself at times
1: that's a good piece of advice yeah yeah i think people um they, they get worried when there's a period of silence i suppose
0: oh, especially if you well it's not radio you know it's yeah. it is wrestling yeah and uh if, if there's some silence yeah but you don't want big pauses but you know hey that chair shot they get oh that's a big <laughs> chair shot by the
1: abominable man and you just let him let them you know He's bleeding
0: all over the place. What are we going to do?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, some things you don't need to describe, do you, really? And and uh, I, a lot of the time, I think, if you're so engrossed in what's going on on screen, you're probably not even taking stock of what's being said anyway. Well, and
0: plus, there's so many high spots now, it's hard to call them all.
1: Yeah, true. You've got to make it. You've you got to pick the ones that are special. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard Jim Ross say that on his podcast recently about... um i think he the way you get a lot of high spots with, with your guys jumping out the ring onto a group of guys that are stood outside look you know standing there to catch them it looks completely yeah like
0: aew had that same thing happen uh on uh saturday so mm, yeah it's
1: <laughs> yeah. it's 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 great to watch but when you have so many of those it's it's not you get special. hurt too well yeah you get
0: hurt like matt hardy did so it's like yeah how crazy can I you I be cry. you're 44 years old dude <laughs> Or forty five.
1: Still, Take... still, still trying to do it. Still... Yeah. I must admit, I thought, your... out of the huh? t- out of the two of the Hardys, I thought Matt would have been the one to really sort of fade away quicker. But... Yeah. Well, Jeff he...
0: just got you know he had a hard time, I guess, with certain things in life. Yeah. And
1: Matt's Matt's done re... great with reinventing himself. You know. Yeah.
0: So. I, I wish him the best man. He was a cool dude. He was always nice to me. And those guys, I think they were from South Carolina. I can I don't re- really remember, but so. yeah. they, they, they worked their ass off to get to where they needed to be. Yeah. I think AJ Styles too, back in the day, AJ Styles used to come to the bar that I used to work at where the wrestling, oh, wow. okay. he was not a big guy at the time. So it was, it was cool. You know, seeing a lot of these guys make it. Yeah. And you know, now that I'm in voiceover, it, I, I believe it's my time. Yeah. It's they- my time. I've learned a lot of lessons, um, you know, with the WWA4 and, and doing like doing live interviews with fighters is totally different. Yeah. Um, You know, you got guys coming out of the ring after their fight all bloodied up and disgusting. And you're trying to like interview the guy and he's like, Oh,
1: I can't even, I don't know. Where's my brain. (laughs) (laughs) That That brings me on quite nicely to my next question. So your, your work outside of wrestling, your, your voiceover work, Um, what kind of things have you been doing? Have you got a particular sort of product that you gravitate to? Or do you just sort of try a bit of everything? Uh,
0: Well, I do a lot of commercial spots, you know, I, I would love to do, um, you know, all the wrestling promoters out there, there might be listening. Uh, (laughs) if you need somebody to voice your upcoming card, your wrestling card, uh, your matchups, your main events or whatever, put it on a video, man, let's do it. I I worked with a couple of organizations and did some small stuff here and there, but uh, you know, that's my, that's my bread and butter. I got a professional studio here and uh, you know, I can get the job done and I, you know, I love promoting fights and and wrestling and like back in the day, you weren't able to film a lot of the stuff you had. Mm. And nowadays with social media, I share everything and I keep everything. Mm. So I'm, I'll, I'll be promoting this podcast like hell.
1: Oh, thank you. So, I oh, of that.
0: course. Some people don't get it, though, Chris. Right? Mm. They, they they do the podcast and they don't share it with anybody, and
1: it's like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. No, I've been I've been fortunate with um, with the guys That's that I've good. had on already because they have you know they've done done great stuff. I'm with my my I do another podcast as well about my writing, which um, is a little more kind of low key, probably. But um, you yeah. know I've had so I've had some great people on. It's it's these two communities that I now belong to. You know i couldn't ask more from the people i've met along the way so uh so no no i appreciate it. i mean I, I appreciate what you've done for me you gave me a product like i say which really kickstarts every episode um, i appreciate it. it 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 gives exactly the feel i was after and i i was so pleased when you uh when you said you wanted to come on and have a chat because it's, it's been a blast you know learning more about what you've done um you know what, what uh, the the floor's yours for a couple of minutes now actually so is there anything you're working on at the moment or anywhere that people can keep up to date with what you're doing you know keep keep up to date with what you what you've got coming up
0: well, I have a um, a podcast. Um, if you're ever interested in getting into voiceover or uh, have any ideas, like even if you're ring announcing and learning breathing techniques and all that kind of stuff, um, it's called the VO's padded room because it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, we put on the straight jackets. And we interview uh, voiceover artists, females, males, uh, from all different backgrounds. And we try to uh, learn from each uh, one of our interviews. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes we have, uh, you know, guests that have big followings. And sometimes we have guests that just are, you know, starting out and trying to grow. And um, I, I love the podcast so far. Um, and then on Fridays, I'm over here in South Carolina. I work for uh, talkoneradio.com, and uh, we touch on what's going on in the world today. And um, we talk about what's going on locally where I live. Uh, don't really like politics all that
1: much, you know. I don't like talking about it all that much. It's, um, it's but on the news, It's an people. opportunity. People can dial into that kind of stuff, you know. I like I like listening to that's why I like podcasts. Really, any yeah. any specific subject I want to listen to on a day, you can find something out there, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, the guy gave me an opportunity to be behind the mic. And uh, I was working for the radio station over here. And you think, uh, you know, people think, well, hey, you know, I'm in my 40s. I sh- I'd be a DJ. And that's, that's not what my expectations were. I knew that thing, I would have to start from the bottom. And I was, I was pretty much driving the van around and taking the DJs everywhere. But hey, I picked their brain. I try to f- learn from them. Yeah. And I've learned some social media tactics and strategies from one of the main DJs at the radio station. Um, and uh, with uh, the Talk One Radio. I, I'm I'm behind the mic and I'm hey I'm not gonna say no to that. I mean oh. every opportunity to be fresh.
1: That's cool. So there you go. So plenty of places. Where can people find you on social media? Have you got a page that people can uh, yeah track uh, you down on? Twitter, Bradstormvo, Instagram,
0: Bradstormvo, Facebook, Bradstorm Voiceover, and um, my email is Bradstormvo at gmail.com, my website's bradstormvo.com, and on LinkedIn. Uh, it's Brad Storm Lanoue. L A N O U E. That's my real last name. But I've had the Brad Storm name since I was about 22. So uh, you, know, you about can't any... have the thunder without and... the storm.
1: Ah, uh-huh. uh-huh. I like that. Is that is that the reason why you changed that? Or is there another reason you wanted the, uh, the storm? Bit? I. I...
0: I've kept, uh, you know, I w- it wasn't about superheroes or anything. Um, I just like lightning. I always liked, you know, the bad weather and everything. <laughs> I, and I was, I went by Bad Brad when I first started, and that was kind of okay. like garbage-pail kids, you know. <laughs> so. I was just like, okay, maybe I need something maybe cooler. And I was just thinking one day, uh, because we used to do live play by play on the mic, and the wrestlers could hear it, you know, Okay. (laughs) yeah, it was kind of different. Some, some, some promotions liked it, and some didn't. But I didn't care if you gave me the green light, I was going to do it. I was just thinking one day, I'm like, Oh, Brad Storm. That that sounds pretty Uh cool. And, um, you know, then Lance Storm came and then all these Storm people came. Yeah. Um, there's a Storm in voiceover, but I don't care. I've had this name for a long time. Um, it's been my nickname. Even when I was in the fire uh, fire department, they called me Brad Storm.
1: That's, so, that's, that's something else I was going to mention, actually. So, yeah, yeah. Much everything else we've spoken about, you're were, you were a firefighter as well. Um, yeah. You know, is there anything that you haven't done? Anything that you, you, you haven't done? that you? <laughs> I was in a do, band or? as well. I was in wow. a metal band. <laughs> Yeah. You've basically looked at my bucket list and you've decided to tick everyone off except for that. I
0: did so much stuff. There's another thing I could mention, but I'm not gonna really do that. But it was just like there's so many things I loved I loved being out there and performing in front of people. I didn't care if it was music. I didn't care if it was in a, a ring, in a cage. Um I was in a cage for a charity match um a while back, twenty fourteen. Uh me and a buddy of mine, we raised money for uh, uh kids that were suffering from child abuse. Wow. Uh, the match only lasted probably about like, well, I think it was like a minute, maybe at tops, because I just wanted to get in and out of there. I mean, my, my buddy's not a big dude. And uh, yeah, I took him down in like 40 seconds. Wow. And then, then I got they got yelled at. they were like, how come you didn't, you know, make it last longer? I was like, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> I don't, I'm avoiding getting hurt here. I don't want to get hurt.
1: Surely it must be, you know, it must be considered impressive to to have a match, you know, over in that match. Oh my God,
0: my heart was beating a thousand miles <laughs> a minute. It was cool. I had to, like a uh, ride the lightning from Metallica. Oh wow. Yeah, and That's I came nice. out. It was cool. It was cool. <laughs> I I, re- I got beat by like a four hundred pound lady in a, in a wrestling <laughs> event at a carnival in Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, I did a flying headbutt off the top on her, and then she gets up and she did the smash. Because oh, the guys God. were like, Hey, Brad, you're gonna get beat by her. I don't, I don't give a damn. Who cares and so, uh, I got beat
1: all part of the show you know you gotta do your yeah. pet
0: everybody was laughing having a good time I mean I, hey I got over it's all it's all good there you go. refereeing was stressful to me uh, refereeing was a little bit stressful because okay. um, especially when I, I did a favor for a guy uh, for wwa4 when I got back into wrestling and my my refereeing was really bad and I didn't realize how many uh, spots these guys had. And sometimes I was calling like they're counted to three and it was not, you know, they were so pissed off and they were wanting uh, to fight me in the back. And I'm just like, man, I'm not making
1: enough money to get in fights with you guys. So, uh, I'm leaving. I imagine you, You've got to know the match as, as intricately as they do if it's planned out yeah. beforehand. And that's, yeah. yeah. And I was
0: really rusty and I'm just like, I, I'm, I'm much better behind a mic. So, uh, a shout-out to my buddy Antron Brewer uh, from WWA4. Uh, UHA Nation, who is now in the WWE as well. Uh, Ant, uh, Antron is a, re- a referee over there. Cool. Moose um, from TNA. Um, he, he, uh, Impact, he's over there. Cool. Uh, and uh, Baron Black. He was a black Baron. He's in AEW right now. I, I'm props to all those guys for busting their tail. I'm very proud of them for what they've done
1: and they're um, slowly taking over the industry then you know you've got the big three so uh yeah yeah oh that's brilliant that's brilliant
0: i, I like new japan I, I i would watch new japan I, what happened to new japan did it go away
1: i honestly don't know i mean i i used to watch um wrestling from japan oh crisis the mid-90s when we first got you know over here sky tv satellite tv and um, mm-hmm. the only free I didn't have sky sports the main sort of subscription one that WWE was on so our free channel our free sports channel showed um I swear it was, I think it was new japan and I really I I didn't the only thing I saw of them probably in the late 90s to 2000 was in the the magazines that I would pick up didn't really
0: yeah, because they had New Japan Wrestling recently. It's like yeah. recent as uh, Jim Ross was calling play-by-play. Right. Play.
1: I was going to say before he we went to AEW, yeah, Jim Ross was, was doing the, the voiceovers for that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I hear a lot about it. I mean, obviously, you know, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, um, mm-hmm. Young Bucks and that, I think were over there as well at some point before AEW sort of came together. So it's a, it's a good breeding ground. You know, there's, there's yeah. a lot of people go out there. Even... Um, What's his name Matt Bloom or oh, Albert from WWE. Okay, yeah. So, he, he when he left WWE went to Japan and he came back and he was did so well over there, he came back to WWE and they repackaged him as um, Lord Tensai. So, okay. know, breathing a lot more life in him. So, I think, yeah, it, it sort of kept quietly going over there. I'd, I'd love to yeah. look, look more at stuff that's going on, to be fair.
0: Yeah, and if I had like anything to say as a final thought mm-hmm. to anybody that's wanting to get into wrestling, realize you have to start from the bottom Mm -hmm. realize if the guys want are putting together the ring taking it apart be there if uh, you can sit in and just listen to other guys do play-by-play or sit in with the ring announcer and say hey when you can't make it I can fill in just help me and train me Mm -hmm. Uh, be there and don't get sidetracked by girls don't get sidetracked by you know other things that can take you away from your dream because yeah. you constantly got to keep pushing it and you got to push harder than everybody else to make it. Absolutely. So And I think that's one know, thing I didn't do enough of. I was wow. always doing other different projects. So it's like, stick with it and go.
1: But you've been able to go through it. You've come on here today. You, you, know, you can see all of your experiences within the wrestling world and you've been able to pass on that bit of wisdom. So, you know, that to yeah. me is, is, is pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, I, I worked with
0: Abdullah the Butcher, too, uh, on his wow. show for a, a New York Minute. I bet. So, uh, yeah. I was afraid of him, though. He, he I, yeah, I bet. I,
1: I, there, was, there was a few wrestlers that I used to watch, and I would be fearful for the guys he that they would be up me. against. You know? yeah, <laughs> I think I watched Halloween Havoc 91 when Abdullah was on there in a match, team of Catches Jack and a couple of others against Sting and the Steiners. I was like, Christ you know seeing seeing that like my favorite guys in there up against him i thought yeah i really hope they survive this <laughs>
0: yeah, him tommy wildfire rich kind of made me uh pee my pants a little bit and because uh, he was crazy too um there's a lot of guys that you know were, were made you uneasy and you you always were worried that you'd mess up their name and they would come kick your ass or something but um you know it was all good all man good. It all good. i had a good time
1: that's amazing listen man i, I really really appreciate you coming on um yeah thanks could, for having me i could probably sit here all day and sort of pick your brains on stuff but uh yeah <laughs> we'll have to do it again sometime yeah let's do
0: it again man
1: yeah cool thank you so much Look, listen yeah uh, good luck with everything you're doing um i hope you know all the listeners uh track you down social media listen to your podcast and go over to you know if if you want uh if you want a kind of intro for your project like i've got head over to fiverr you know, okay, yeah, yeah, out. definitely, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, no, thank you so much, mate. And, um, yeah, we'll touch base again soon,
0: yeah. Just remember, punch every day in the face. I'll talk go. to you later, my friend.
1: <laughs> Cheers, mate. Bye. One, two, <laughs>